All right, so uh, we're talking about greatness. My goodness, we don't have time to review. Um, but basically, understand that God created you and God is great. Everyone say, God is great. God is great. Man, I really do believe that. And uh, we talked about how greatness is just defined by achievement, right? And I, I know to uh, GW's great <laughs> anxiety, we talked about three goats, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James. Wonderful conversation. I'm sure G, G would love to have that with all of you after church. And so, But the reason why those three guys in their specific field of basketball are even in the conversation as to who's the greatest of all time is simply because of their achievements, because of their, their MVP awards, because of their championship rings, because of their points per season, their rebounds, all this different kind of stuff. It's qualified them to be a part of the conversation as to who the greatest of all time is. Now, I believe that whole conversation is skewed and flawed from the very beginning because as time has progressed, basketball rules have changed, and so now people can score in different ways that they used to not be able to score, and so on and so on. And so I just like to say it this way, I believe each one of them was the greatest greatest in their own time, all right? And then, boom, conversation done. So if we say that achievement attributes to greatness, then we can look at what God has achieved and we can be like, man, he's really the GOAT. <laughs> he is the greatest of all time. I mean, he created the heavens and the earth. He put the waters in the sea. He, he literally formed us from the dirt of the earth and then breathed the breath of God, the breath of life into us. The Bible says he hung the moon and the sun. He hung the stars in the skies. He put them out there and knows them by name. And so God is great. And it just feels so good to say, everyone say, God is great. And now it's really important for you to know that. It's really important for you to believe that because when you need him to do great things, you know that he's great. And so it's easy for you to believe for him to do great things. But then also you can understand this, from greatness comes greatness, right? We talked about, again, it's just an easy example, just quick three minutes of review here. If you put my name on an application to go to school and play basketball, and then you put Bronny James, which is LeBron's son, on an application to go to school, which one do you think they're gonna be like, well, let's give him a shot? It's gonna be Bronny James, not Robert Conover, right? Why, because from greatness comes greatness, amen right? And so they're going to be like, well, this kid's got a better shot of being great because look at who his father is, right? So in this life, no matter who your natural parents are, you have a shot of being great because of who your heavenly father is. He's the one that made you. The Bible says when you're in your mother's womb, he knew you. And when you were just substance, which is just a cluster of cells, the Greek word substance right there means embryo or fetus. When you were an embryo or a fetus, God knew you, and guess what? He still knows you today, right? And so something I want to talk about tonight is you can't be afraid of doing great things, and you can't be afraid of greatness because God's not. Lots of people are like, well, I can't do great things because, you know, uh, God wants me to humble. No, God wants you to do great things. And lots of times we think to do great things for God, you got to be a minister like me, or you got to be one of the fivefold ministry gifts that speaks in the church. No, God needs greatness. I call it marketplace Christianity. He needs greatness in this world. He needs greatness. If you're, if you're supposed to, you feel like in your heart you're supposed to be a photographer, God wants you to be the greatest photographer out there and he wants to, you to use your photography to make him lifted up and glorified. If you feel like you're called to athletics, God has no problem with you being great athletics. He, he made you to be great at, 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 at athletics, right? If you feel called to be a teacher, he wants you to be great at being a teacher. God has called you to greatness, amen? And greatness doesn't just exist within the church. Greatness exists within you. So whatever you set yourself to do, it's going to be great. Amen. God has no problem with greatness. 
Amen? What he has a problem with is lots of times when we achieve greatness, we forget the one who made us great. And so we've got to remember God. So let's go here, and we're going to look at some things tonight. Over here in Genesis, it's going to be real quick. All right, so Genesis chapter 12, and it says this, Then the Lord told Abraham, which is Abram right here. Then the Lord told Abram, this is Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, Leave your country, your relatives, your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. I will cause you to become the father of a what? Great, everyone say great a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. So God has nothing wrong with you being blessed or you being famous. If you feel called to be an actor, then be the greatest actor you can be. Achieve greatness. Achieve celebrityism. Achieve that that goal. But don't forget the one who made you great along the way. Right? I will make you fam- I will make you I will bless you and make you famous. I will make you a blessing to others. I will bless you. So those who bless you and those who curse you will curse you, or so those who bless you will bless you and those who curse you will curse you. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, verse one, the first thing he does is he calls Abram to leave his place. And so this is interesting. He's telling Abraham, which I call him Abraham because God later on changed his name. And so it just stuck with me. But Abraham, he's telling him, I want you to leave your way of living. I want you to leave the life that you know in this world. And I want you to come over to my way of living. I want you to come over to my way of doing things. You got to get rid of all this familiarity, all this world stuff around you. And really, that's what he's called to us to do, right? Romans 12 talks about don't conform to this world. There's some things as we follow God we're supposed to leave behind. And the reason we're supposed to leave those things behind is because those very things, the things of this world, are the things that hold us back and keep us from becoming great, right? Stuff that God doesn't agree with that holds us back and keeps us from attaining greatness. Go over to Genesis. If you've got your Bibles, chapter 14, verse 30. It says, and then Abraham replied, uh, no, we'll start in verse 20. We'll just start in 21. Then King Sodom told him, give back my people who were captured, but you may keep for yourself all the goods you've recovered. Verse 22, Abram replied. Now what's going on here? Abraham's, Abram, Abraham's nephew was stolen. His name's Lot. And there was these three kings that came against him and there was this great war. And so Abraham, he grabbed his troops and a couple other troops and they went out and they recovered his uh, nephew Lot and they want, uh, got a bunch of loot. And when they come back, this is their, they're splitting up the loot. They're splitting up the goods. And then Abraham said this, I have solemnly promised the Lord God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not take as much as a single thread or sandal thong from you. Otherwise, you might say, I am the one who made Abram rich. All I accept is what these young men of mine have already eaten, but give the share of the goods to my allies. And so basically what he's saying to the king of Sodom is he's saying, I'm not going to take any gold or any silver from you because I don't want it to be said that the king of Sodom made me great. I want everybody to know that it's God that made me great. God doesn't have a problem with you doing great things, right? And I love this. Abram had a revelation of this. He said, I'm not going to rely on you. I'm not going to rely on man. I'm going to rely on God, and God will make me great. And then look at Genesis 18, four chapters later. Abraham, Genesis 18, 18. Abraham surely became a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. Someone say greatness. greatness. 
So when we stick with God and we understand that God wants us to achieve great things, and not only that, he's put greatness on the inside of us, and when we follow him, he'll bring that greatness out of us. Everyone say greatness. It's kind of like uh, Walter Payton. Instead of sweetness, it's greatness. <laughs> now go over to 2 Chronicles. Going to look at something real quick. Chapter 26, verse 16. But after Uzziah became... Pa- no, 2 Chronicles 26. I almost jumped ahead. Usually I write all these down so I don't have to flip through my Bible to find them. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. It says, the people of Judah, verse 1, people of Judah then crowded, uh, that guy's right there, 16-year-old son, Uzziah, as their next king. And so his father died, and so they're crowning the next kid, and, and uh, he's only 16 years old. So we're talking about a teenager here, right? And it says, after his father's death, Uzziah rebuilt the town right there and restored it to Judah. Uzziah was 16 when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 52 years. His mother was that lady right there from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father had done. Uzziah, look at this, sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as the king sought the Lord, God gave him success. And so this is what I was talking about, marketplace Christianity. This guy's not a priest. He's not a minister. He's a king, right? He's not in fivefold ministry. He's a king. But yet as long as he's stuck with God, the Bible says he had great Success. All that God is telling you tonight, and it's something you have to believe because the world will tell you contrary. Maybe even some of your friends will tell you contrary. Maybe even some of your family will tell you contrary. But your success and your greatness is tied to God. Your success and your greatness is tied to God. It says as long as he listened and sought the Lord, he was successful. As long as he listened, and sought the Lord, he was successful. Now this is what happens to Uzziah. He got a little big for his britches. He saw great success, he was a wonderful king, and you jump down to chapter 26, verse 16, but after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered into the temple of the Lord to burn incense at the altar of incense. Listen to me, guys. I know that there's greatness in this room and I know you're going to do great things. As you begin to achieve great things, do not forget the Lord your God. He is the reason for your success. He is the reason for your talent. He is the reason for your ability. He's the reason you have a sound mind. He's the, he is, the Bible even says he's predestined you to do good deeds. He's predestined you to do great things. Me as a minister, as I start doing great things for the kingdom of God, I have to make sure that it doesn't become about Robert, but instead it remains about God. You and your life, whatever field you called to, maybe you called to be a businessman or businesswoman, maybe you're just called to be a mom or a dad, maybe you're called to be a teacher, a lawyer, whatever it may be, an athlete, there's so many different things. Maybe you want to be in the music industry, maybe you might want to, want to make beats, maybe you want to do hip hop, maybe you want to be a country singer, I don't know what it is. Whatever field you be called to, do it with greatness, but don't forget the one who made you great. Amen. Amen. 
You continue to read this about Uzziah and it says that because he went into the temple, only priests, which Aaron, you go back to Leviticus and you read about it, they were set apart. The Levites and Aaron were set apart. They were the only ones allowed to go into the temple at that time. But he sinned against God and he went into the temple. And so they went in there, if you keep reading this, which we don't have time, and they tried to encourage him. They said, come out. He said, I will not come out. Basically, he was boasting, I'm greater than God. And the Bible says instantly, leprosy started to break out on his forehead. So they drug him out of the temple. One day later, he died. Guys, it's just the truth. In this life, God is the only one that can sustain us. We see it all the time. We see it all the time. People get great and then they fall. Right? Even the Bible says he sets kings up and he brings kings down. If we're going to do great things and we're going to remain to have success, we can't forget the one who made us great. Now go over to Matthew chapter 4 real quick. This is for somebody in the room tonight. Be careful of those who promise you greatness on the heels of compromise. Be careful of those who promise you greatness on the heels of compromise. This is about the temptation of Jesus. And this is the third temptation of Jesus. And it's where Jesus was really, really, I believe, probably tempted the most than the other two temptations because this specific temptation was the very thing that he was created for. And so sometimes it may look like there's a shortcut to get where you are supposed to be going. All shortcuts do, guys, is it just takes you away from your ultimate goal and your ultimate purpose. There's no reward and success in compromise. So here in Matthew 4, verse 7, it says, Jesus responded, the scriptures say, don't test the Lord your God, verse 8. So that's his response to the second temptation. The next day the devil took him. Now look at this. I guess this is why it was on my heart at the beginning of the service. Devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain. What we just talked about where heaven and earth met. Right? And, and it, look at this, it says, took him to a high mountain and showed him the nations of the world and all of their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will only kneel down and worship me. Jesus came to save the nations of the world. He came to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He came that every knee should bow and every tongue confess. And here you have the devil giving him a vision. When somebody shows you a vision of doing great things, but it's outside of God's plan for your life, you need to turn and run the other direction. If somebody says, oh, no, you can, you can be great, but instead of doing this, what you feel like you're supposed to do, just, just do this over here on the side. It'll be easier. It'll be quicker. Your wealth, your fame that even God's cool with, it's all right here. All you have to do is kind of go this direction. Be careful of the ones who promise you greatness but cannot deliver. <laughs> the Bible even says this, that the paths of the righteous have been ordered by God. The steps of the righteous, right? And then he says, don't look to the right or to the left, but stay focused on the path that I have for you. Why does God want you to stay focused on the path he has for you? Because it's his path that leads you to greatness. 
It was God's path that led Uzziah to greatness. It was God's path that led Moses and Joshua to greatness. It was God's path that led Abraham to greatness. And it's God's path that led Jesus to greatness. It is God's path that will lead you to greatness. Everyone say greatness. greatness. Be careful because a lot of people in this life will promise you greatness, but it will be on the hills of compromise. If you would, just close your eyes and bow your heads real quick. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> now look at this, verse 10. As your eyes are closed, the devil just showed Jesus. Now listen, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Don't let people paint a vision for your life. Let God paint a vision for your life. The devil's trying to paint a vision. He's given Jesus this vision because there's no mountain, there's no temple, there's no place in Jerusalem that was high enough to see all the nations of the world. So apparently this is some sort of spiritual vision that the devil's given to Jesus. Be careful where your vision comes from. Make sure your vision comes from God. Don't let your vision come from the world. Don't let your vision come from your friends. Your friends can encourage you and support you in your vision, but make sure your vision comes from God. And lots of times, these false visions and these fake visions, they look like the vision from God. Fake leather, sometimes it looks almost exactly like real leather. But after you've owned it for a year or two, it starts to crack, it starts to wither, it starts to dry out, it becomes very uncomfortable, it splits, and then eventually it's no good. The fake never lasts. But the real, the greatness God has called you to is an everlasting greatness. The greatness God has called you to is not an imitation, it's the real deal. And if you'll stick with him, he'll make sure you'll have great success. This isn't me trying to oversell it. This is the word of God. <laughs> it's right here. Trust in the Lord in all you do, and then your ways will be successful. Be careful who you let draw vision for your life. Jesus realized that this vision was not the vision for his life. And so in verse 10, he says this, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God, look at this, and serve only him. Well, how do I know if this vision is from God or from me or from my friends? God's vision always glorifies God. God's vision for your life always calls you to serve and follow him. And you can serve and follow him in the entertainment industry. You can serve and follow him as a teacher. You can serve and follow him while you work at Chick-fil-A. You can serve and follow God in every aspect of your life. And listen to me, as you do, he will make you great. Father God, I pray for every single student in here. I thank you for the great gifts and the greatness that's on the inside of them. Like I do so often in times of prayer, I ask you, Father God, protect that gift, protect that calling, and protect their future. I thank you that whenever a false vision and a, a fake road and compromise comes their way, I pray that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened so they can see what is true and what is right. 
They can see what is authentic and genuine. They can see what is going to last and they can see what is temporal. And I thank you, Father God, that you help them stick with you above everything else.